Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following book reviews are from the May 1997 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. And this is written by Jim Tresner, 33rd Degree. And the title of the book review section is called The Plot Thickens. This month, we take a look at some novels and stories in which Freemasonry plays a part. These are not books about Freemasonry, but rather books in which the fraternity appears. Not always clearly identified as such, but obvious to the Mason. Three well-known classics, of course, are Brother Rudyard Kipling's Kim and The Man Who Would Be King, as well as the short story The Inexperienced Ghost by H.G. Wells. All should be easily available at your local library or any bookstore, and an excellent videotape of the film version of The Man Who Would Be King is easily available in most video rental outlets. In passing, let me call your attention again to a book recently reviewed by Dr. S. Brent Morris, 33rd Degree, Two Crowns for America by Catherine Kurtz. The book is dedicated to the Brotherhood of Freemasonry under the all-seeing eye whose brethren helped shape America's destiny present at the creation. It is a fantasy of the ways in which Masonry, under the guidance of the Comte de Saint-Germain, one of the most interesting figures of legend, helped to win America's independence and establish a new type of government. It's important to remember that it is a fantasy. It probably didn't happen this way, but a large part of me would like to believe it could have. Revolt in 2100 by Robert A. Heinland. Robert Heinland, so far as I can discover, was not a Mason. That's hard to understand because Masonry plays so important a part in many of his books, and it is obvious he has conceived a good opinion of the craft. With over 20 million copies of his books in print, Heinland is also one of America's most popular authors. I've read almost everything he wrote, but this one book stands out for sheer terror. The story is set in the year 2100. Our hero is part of the elite guard of the Prophet, spokesman for a religious despotism which has overtaken the world. Slowly, he begins to understand the horror and repression of the religious government, and finally joins a group known as the Cabal, a secret band dedicated to the overthrow of the religious dictatorship and the establishment of liberty. What is the Cabal? Our hero recounts his experience in joining it. I heard a strong bass voice intoning a prayer. Vouchsafe thine aid, Almighty Father of the Universe. Love, relief, and truth to the honor of thy holy name. Amen. And the answering chorus, so mote it be. Then I was conducted around the room, still hoodwinked, while questions were again put to me. They were symbolic in nature and were answered for me by my guide. Astonishingly, the book was written in 1939. Today, with the growth of the so-called Christian Reconstruction Movement, with its announced goal of taking over government, and with the inroads of the religious radical right into politics and local government, Revolt in 2100 is a book every Mason should read and ponder deeply. In addition to which, it's a whacking good adventure story. Next is The Artifact by W. Michael Gere. For a completely different future sci-fi story about masonry, The Artifact is hard to beat. The Artifact itself is an enigmatic machine built eons ago by another race. Since then, it has given ultimate power to, and then destroyed, every race with which it has come in contact. 
and now it has been found by humans. Where shall humanity, on the brink of interplanetary war with itself, find a person of absolute honor and integrity to deal with this artifact? In the Brotherhood, of course. In the future, Masonry has become the guardian of advanced technology, as well as lofty ideology, and it is almost the only force trying to prevent a bloody war. Not that Gear ever says that the Brotherhood is Masonry, but our hero's first name is Solomon, his ship is the Boaz, he is assigned the task by the Grand Master, who is, in turn, watched over by the Jurisprudence Committee. And there's this example of dialogue. All right, Speaker, Boaz is yours, if you have the word and the signs. I have the word. How do you have it? I'll letter and have it with you. Letter it and begin. Begin you. The word is yours. You must begin. The book can be read as an allegory of Masonic virtue, but symbolism does not overcome lively narration. It's a book of intertwined plots and sharply drawn characters with plenty of action. You don't need to know a thing about masonry to enjoy this book, but even a mason who never returned to lodge after the master mason degree will find the novel's Masonic ties rich and rewarding. The next book is What Law There Was by Al Dempsey. Granted, masons are supposed to be peaceable, law-abiding citizens, but what do you do when there is neither law nor peace? At times in the early American West, both were in short supply. Dempsey's book is a historical novel, meticulously researched, which tells the story of early Montana and the masons of the Bannock mining camp. The citizens of Bannock hired Henry Plummer as sheriff, little knowing that Plummer was, himself, the head of the outlaw gang which was terrorizing the community. Finally, when all else had failed, the masons formed a committee of vigilance and straightened things out themselves. The events, locations, times, and people in the book are true and accurate. Read as a novel or as history. The book is valuable either way. And the last book right here is The Last Full Measure of Devotion by J. Dobie. Again, here is a highly recommended historical novel, and again, it has more history than fiction. Brother Edwards, writing under the name Dolby, sorry, Dobie, tells this powerful story of an Irish family which comes to America during the Irish famine of the 1800s. The story opens as John Edwards, a Union captain in the Civil War, is slowly dying of his wounds in a tent hospital. Attended primarily by a wounded rebel soldier, both are Masons, and their fraternalism quickly overcomes any enmity. The story is true based on letters John Edwards wrote before and during his last days. Those letters and other family documents, John Edwards was the author's great-grandfather's brother, paint a compelling portrait of life in Ireland during the famine, of the Irish slums in New York in the mid-1800s, and of the family's successful move to create a farm in Michigan. Lodge records and battlefield accounts trace Edwards' career in the Civil War, giving a uniquely human and individual perspective both to the ravages of nature and the conflicts of nations. It's a fine read, and like the other books reviewed in this column, worthy of any Mason's library. Okay, this next round of book reviews is from the March 2001 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry. And the title of the article is The Raw Winds of March by Jim Tresner, 33rd Degree Grand Cross. The raw winds of March make it one of my favorite times for reading. In Oklahoma, at least, there is often cold, blowing rain and a comfortable chair and good book combined to make a wondrous anodyne. Three fine books are highlighted in this month's column, each very different in purpose, but all interesting. Robert L. Breeding, A Survey of History and Mysteries of Freemasonry. Sorry, that's A Survey of the History and Mysteries of Freemasonry. In this interesting book, the author explains he is dealing with legend as well as history, 
and generally he makes the differences quite clear. Many brothers have heard other Masons talk about some of the craft's legendary beginnings, but have seldom seen these concepts in print. They are provided here, and knowing them makes it much easier to understand some of the discussions you are likely to have about Freemasonry. There is also information about the spread of Masonry, Masonic symbolism, and many other topics. After the book was printed, Dr. Breeding discovered that there were several errors in typography in Chapter 4. To remedy the errors, he had the chapter reprinted as an addition and inserted the correct version in the back of the book, an attention to detail and accuracy which I appreciate. This book is a good survey of both legend and fact, which I think you would enjoy. Next up is My Brother's Past, Volume 1 of 2, 1761-1899 by William T. Russell. Generally speaking, books about the history of specific lodges end up near the bottom of my reading list. However interesting they may be, that interest is usually local or, at best, regional. But this book far transcends those limitations. It is the history of a Scottish lodge, the Lodge St. Duthus, and the fascinating men who were responsible for its foundation and growth. The accounts of individuals weave in and out of the history of the lodge like the warp and woof of a tartan. It is the story not just of a lodge, but of changing times, the town itself, and the men who gave it life. This is very much worth reading. And the final book in this section is by Heike Owusu, Symbols of Native America. Not a book about masonry at all. This is, nevertheless, a great book for those interested in symbolism and the way similar ideas are expressed from culture to culture. Native Americans generally found a deep affinity with Freemasonry, which continues to this day. This book explores the symbols, especially those which deal with insight, understanding, self-development, and inspiration. The illustrations are nicely drawn, and the text is easy to read. If you are making your first foray into the symbolism of other cultures, or even if you have a long-standing interest and considerable knowledge in the field, Symbols of Native America deserves to be on your bookshelf. So for our third round of book reviews, this is from the October 1999 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, also by Jim Tresner, 33rd Degree. Uh, the title of this one's Honestly, You'll Like These. It's always exciting to find a new kind of book, and the first offering this month is new, at least to me. Mayhaps twill be new to you too. Charles Brame, Honestly Abe, a cartoon expose of Abraham Lincoln. Brother Charles Brame lives the life of Lincoln. He does programs around the country in the character and makeup of Abraham Lincoln, telling the story of the great man's life. The photographs are almost spooky. In a series of photos of Lincoln and Brother Brame, I can't tell them apart. He has brought his vast store of knowledge to this fascinating book. It is, in essence, a biography in cartoons and notes. Hundreds of cartoons illustrate, usually with wit and humor, sometimes with pathos, the life and works of Abraham Lincoln. Many of them include a picture of George Washington on the wall. He seems to be commenting on the action of the scene. This is painless learning at its best. I picked up an incredible amount of information about the life and times of Lincoln. The book is obviously written with love and passion, but with a sharp eye for history as well. The text, both inside and outside the cartoons, is liberally sprinkled with quotations from Lincoln's letters and speeches. This is a great book to give your kids or grandkids, but read it yourself first. Or anyone interested in Lincoln or in the history of the 19th century America. My Lodge gives books each year to the school libraries in town, and I'm certainly going to recommend this one. 
And the second book in this one is A Republic for the Ages, the United States Capitol, and the Political Culture of the Early Republic, edited by Donald R. Kennan. This is a fascinating book about the architecture of the capital of the United States, how it developed, and why it is the way it is. That would be an interesting story in its own right, but what makes this especially interesting is Chapter 3, Freemasonry and the Capitol. The chapter consists of essays by three outstanding American historians, Len Travers, Assistant Director of the Center for the Study of New England History at the Massachusetts Historical Society in Boston, contributed the essay, In the Greatest Solemn Dignity, The Capital Cornerstone and Ceremony in the Early Republic. It is easily the most complete discussion of the Masonic Capital Cornerstone Ceremony I've read, and it is filled with things to inspire both pride and thought in a Mason. Stephen C. Bullock, Associate Professor of History at Worcester Polytechnic Institute and author of Revolutionary Brotherhood, Freemasonry and the Transformation of the American Social Order, which I have often and enthusiastically recommended in this column, provided this book's essay, Sensible Signs, The Emblematic Education of Post-Revolutionary Freemasonry. This fine essay is well illustrated with prints of tracing boards and other materials and is a pleasure to read, as Bullock's work always is combining excellent information with excellent writing style. James Stevens Curl, Emeritus Professor of Architectural History, School of Architecture at de Montfort, University in England, and author of The Art and Architecture of Freemasonry, which I hope is in your library, wrote The Capitol in Washington, D.C. and its Freemasonic Connections. Heavily illustrated with architectural drawings, it is a first-rate exposition of Masonic architecture and the effect it had on American culture. If you get the feeling I like this book, you're right. These are lively essays and written by men who have carefully sifted fact from fiction. You will see a portion of the story of Freemasonry and American history most of us know, if at all, only by myth. The facts are even better. Again, I'd recommend this book for every lodge library, and it's a good one to give to your public library as well. And our last round of book reviews comes from the September 1998 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, also by Jim Tresner, and this round is called If Variety is the Spice of Life. If Variety is the Spice of Life, this month we're trotting out the Tabasco by reviewing two very different books and three booklets for three different kinds of interest. Who's Afraid of Freemasons? The Phenomenon of Freemasonry by Alexander Pietagorsky. It's a little hard to know how to classify this book. Pietagorsky's primary area of expertise is comparative religion, and he brings that expertise to this book, which is divided into two major sections. The first deals with the history and development of the fraternity, and the second deals with Masonic ritual, legends, and myths. Some of this is not easy reading, but it is interesting. He deals with the question of masonry and religion in a way not usually seen, starting with the nature of religion and including the very important fact that no one outside the person himself can say whether something is, for that person, a religion. More than most writers, he places masonry in a context of the history of thought and culture, rather than history as we usually think of it in political and military terms. Most of the examples of ritual Pietagorsky cites in his work are English rather than American, but the American Mason will have little difficulty identifying both the similarities and the differences. It is a good, interesting, and intellectually challenging book. It is not one I would recommend for casual browsing, but it very much repays reading. But remember, the great injunction. Anyone writing about Masonry is giving his opinion. 
The opinion may be well supported with references, but it is an opinion still. You may find yourself in strong disagreement with some of the author's interpretations or conclusions, and that is perfectly all right. Any Mason has the full right to assent or dissent as his own interpretation leads him. The next book is Our Masonic Presidents by L. Randall Rogers. This is an easy and enjoyable book to read, in part because it is liberally illustrated with photographs of homes, monuments, and locations associated with different Masonic presidents. The information is solid, and the writing style is clear and flowing. This is a good book to buy as a donation to your public library, and it certainly makes a fine addition to a lodge library as well. Especially interesting, to me, is the summary in the back of the book. It lists, in table form, each Masonic president's education, occupation, church affiliation, political party, age at death of father, other Masonic bodies of which the president was a member, Masonic offices held, whether or not he had a Masonic burial, and his home state. The comparisons are interesting. This is also a good book to give new Masons as a quick leg up on American Masonic history. And then the three booklets he talks about starts with Unveiling the Allegories of the Symbolic Degrees. Our New Jersey Scottish Rite Brethren have every right to be proud of the Valley of Northern New Jersey, and every Mason can take pride in their Ars Collegium Cathedral School of Masonic Studies. Talk about being a leader in Masonic education. They have just created a series of three booklets under the general title of Unveiling the Allegories of the Symbolic Degrees. They are making these booklets available to their Grand Lodge as a part of a cooperative Masonic education program. More to the point for us, individual Masons can purchase the set of three booklets. They run about 10 pages each, and each has, on the cover, a full-color reproduction of a historic tracing board for the degree. As you would expect, one booklet is devoted to each of the symbolic degrees. This is good material. It is, again, an interpretation and the same warnings about all interpretations being personal opinions given earlier apply here. But I have not seen anything else in print which goes so deeply and covers so much in so few words. In its intended use, a booklet is given to the candidate after he finishes each degree. But even if you are a mason of many years, you will find some new insights in these pamphlets. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.